Hello and welcome to another episode of The Meta. I'm your host, Jade Larson, and I'm very excited because joining me this week is Faye from Privateer Press. Hello, Faye. Hey, how's it going? I'm great. Uh, so previously, Hungerford came on the, the podcast regularly. Um, I know everyone in the community has been missing um, hearing from, from Privateer Press staff, and so I'm, I'm super excited to uh, have you on. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're super busy. Yeah, without, you know, we won't have monthly releases for at least a few months. So without those, it becomes a little bit more difficult to to have a monthly uh, showing. Uh, I mean, turns out the listeners have lots of questions, <laughs> uh, re- regardless of if there's a, a new monthly release. So um, <laughs> it should be fine. Um, let's. We've got a lot of questions, so let's. I guess go ahead and dive in. Okay. Um, first one is from Impreal. He says, uh, for Faye, actually, before we dive into uh, listener questions, I'll, I'll have one for myself first. Sure. So I guess I'm kind of curious about the, um, I was I was a little bit blindsided by, you know, this big announcement. I, I hadn't really expected it. Um, how, what was the process on, coming up with this update that you guys were doing, you know, what, who was involved, how long did it take? You know, I guess we, I'm sure the listeners would be interested in as, as much information as you can. Share. Yeah. So it was like, I don't know. I think the first time we ever did mystery boxes, which would have been like 2018, something like that uh, is when we, we started to float the idea of doing just a big, like kind of game wide update. And, you know, immediately we said, no, we've still got CIDs going on. Let's, let's keep on doing that. And so that, that idea was kind of poo pooed. Um, and then it kind of came up about, I don't know, a year or two later where we were starting to look at our, our future in 2020, 2021 and 2022 and realizing that we were going to have kind of a big gap in releases for a while. Um, so we we started to think of ideas that we could do. We could either fill that gap with releases, which was not really what we wanted to do. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. I'm not going to go into them in particular. But um, so, you know, we had this few month gap that we were thinking about. And instead of releases, we were thinking, okay, well, maybe now it's finally time to go back to that well of let's go back and update, you know, a huge portion of the game uh, at more than 50% uh, is what I actually ultimately came down to. So it's, it's, uh, it's big. Um, and we, you know, it kind of, the idea kind of started floating uh, in Hungerford's last few months. And then I was the one to take it over almost immediately once Hungerford left, I was like, Hey, I've got time for a project. Let's start working on it. So I've been working on it for really, really the hard work has only been happening for three months or so. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and I guess one follow-up question with that. Um, have you, have you been kind of the lead designer with, with war machine lately? Is, so, is Jason, working on Warcaster. I know you guys work all work on lots of stuff together, yeah, but we all work on lots of stuff. So for 
the rules and the rules fidelity. So if you have a rules question, I'm probably the one that's ultimately going to be answering it. Um, so that in a way makes me lead developer, but really I'm just in charge of the rules. Um, and I ended up getting this project, right? This project, Souls didn't have time for this project right now. Um, he's got, he's busy on other stuff. So it, you know, ended up becoming my big project and, and, uh, you know, in a sense, you know, there's no, there's no real lead developer on any project anymore. We all work together on all of our projects. There's one person that's in charge of the rules and being sure that the rules are like taken care of and, you know, being worded correctly and function correctly. And each of us runs different systems. So I, I technically run three systems, Riot Quest, War Machine, and Mompok, although Riot Quest has so few questions, it doesn't really matter. It's a very simple game. It's meant to be a simple game. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Souls has Warcaster, and Getz has IKRPG. <clears throat> so... You know, I don't know. I think that answers the question. Yeah, Just not in the way that the, the community wants the question answered, which is like a really point blank yes or no. Uh, no, that's that's fine. All right. So diving into the listener questions, um, Impreal says, uh, what do you do to the behemoth? Tell me, is he an armored core? Please let him be an armored core. So, um, yes, he's an armored core. Uh, Yay. That, that was a thing. Uh, and I'm, I'm perfectly fine with actually, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and I'm gonna pull up the behemoth here so that I can remember everything that I did to him. I think I can remember everything that I did to him. Uh, boop, 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 boop. All right. So the behemoth, I think had the largest point reduction. Full stop. Now, I think there's a warcaster that got more points. I think it was the old witch. I think she got six points, six warcaster points. Okay. Yeah. But the behemoth went down by five points. So to 20 points, I think it's the most expensive heavy in the game now. So that'll tell you about other models that are 20 or more points. And it's subcortex affects all weapons, not just ranged ones. So it, uh, you know, it gets powerful attack on, on all of its weapons, um, as, as well as the other things that subcortex does. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a much better, much better Jack because twenty five was was a little crazy, um, and yes, it is in armored core. So that's that's the one Jack that got added to armored core. I think that's the only change to armored core. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the only change to armored core. Um, I mean, other than the models. I mean, the actual theme list. That's the only change to Armored Core. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's... So, kind of going along with this behemoth discussion, um, when I'm thinking about Warjacks and Warbeasts, which is kind of a separate discussion, I hope we'll get there, somebody will probably answer the question, is I take the the model that I'm most comfortable with its point value. So the juggernaut didn't change its points. And then I say, how many more points is this model than the juggernaut? And I came to eight uh, with the behemoth. So it's it's a very expensive jack because it hits really hard and is very powerful. But it's not like, 
you know, it shouldn't be double a juggernaut. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not right. So that's generally my formula is that I take one standard jack, the ironclad, the juggernaut, the crusader, and then I say, how much better is this jack than that jack? And it's generally means that all point values for most jacks decrease, but not like ubiquitously. Okay. So I, I guess a follow-up question for myself with that is, so if, if there's a decent chunk of models who, who see their point costs go down um, and, and, you know, with requisition points, et cetera, do you foresee after this update a um, increase in the number of models that the average game is going to see on the table? Yes, but only slightly. Okay. So um, most of the point value changes are one or two. Nope, nobody is a behemoth. And when you add up all these point value changes over the course of an entire army, you end up with like eight extra points. But requisition options are way worse, um, almost across the board. Um, there's very few, there's, there's no seven words point requisition options there's a handful of six point requisition options but most are three four or five points Mm. so requisition options went way down but you do have a bit more baseline points to deal with and those kind of balance out and you end up with like maybe one more low point light or one more solo or another min unit or something like that all right so next set of questions is from dragon pup um, his first question is, was there a model you thought was going to be a simple change that turned out to be far more complicated? Oh God. Um, so there's so many warcasters that ended mm. up becoming that where I came at warcasters and where I could, I changed their warjack points because some, some warjack points, especially for war warcasters that came with other models they were spending way too many points for that other model like the old witch was spending like i don't know what was it like 14 points for her her jack mm-hmm. because she had such a low number of warjack points so that's kind of an easy easy change for those warcasters that have that happen right the old witch of kador got plus six warjack points and her iron flesh changed because everybody's iron flesh changed. Um, that was just kind of a baseline change that happened to everyone. But like her gaining those six warjack points just puts her at 24. So she still has less warjack points. She's still paying for that scrapjack. But I'm mm-hmm. saying that that scrapjack is only worth six points. Um, it's you know that's what I'm trying to communicate to to sure. the player base. But then there's, oh my gosh, there's so many Warcaster changes, um, especially Warcasters that just didn't function. Um, Sturgis is a really great example. Uh, we had to change his feet. We had to give uh, cut convection and give him a new spell, um, depending on if he's in Signar or, or uh, Crix. And like... He's not an entirely different caster, but he's way more in depth than I wanted to go with most of these changes. Mm. Um, 
The next question from Dragon Puppy says, conversely, was there a complicated problem that turned out easier to solve than expected? There's so you'd be surprised how many problems can get solved with point value. Yeah. Right. Um, Tristan zero uh, or Tristan one, um, the solo version of Tristan Durant. He's actually a pretty good um, solo that can run four jacks if he's only like two points. So I made him two points and now he can run one of your war jacks and give it plus two armor. And it's actually worth it. Right. Um, but he didn't need any other changes. He just became a really cheap model. Yeah, that's a pretty big change <laughs> for him. Um, next question. What are some models or themes you look forward to seeing more of on the table? Oh my gosh. I, and the answer is probably all of them. Because, so, this is something really good to get out there, which is that this update is going to fundamentally change all metas simultaneously, right? There isn't an army that isn't touched. There isn't uh, a theme that isn't touched. There isn't anything, right? You will be playing different armies in three months. You won't be able to immediately jump into some of these armies because you might not have the models, or uh, the right combination of things, or you might not know what's the best. My hope is that nobody knows what's the best for at least four months, because truthfully, I don't know what is the best, right? Um, If you were to ask me what the best theme coming out of this update is, I could not tell you. There's just too many changes, and there's too many, like, potential things that people can find that I could never possibly find. There's just, there's so many avenues to go down that it's, you know, the meta is going to shift so fundamentally that there's no telling what it's going to look like. I mean, that was true with relatively small updates, right? Like Una, you know, Una was a single model that originally we, we didn't balance correctly. Um, and it fundamentally warped the meta for months. And we couldn't have seen that coming. You know, we could have changed it faster. Uh, that probably would have been better. But, you know, we couldn't have really seen just how good that army was when it started fighting the meta at the time. All right. So next question from Dragon Pup. He says, are there plans for... Next game-wide updates in the works, even let, even if they are less sweeping in sheer model count, or is the plan to see how this one shakes up the scene first? So, yeah, so there's there's one theme force that I'm still going to have my eyes on, which is Strange Bedfellows. I'm still worried about Tessellators um, with Aurora 2 and Orion. They're, they're very good. Um, the Iron Mother also runs them pretty well too now um since since she got an update so there's there's a lot of worry about one specific model the tessellator and in it i just can't know until four months from now if i'm correct or not about um about its point value we've been equivocating over eight points and nine points we ended up with eight uh but eight points and nine points for literally the entire time we've been talking about this update. So it's, it's been, 
you know, those kind of things I'm really going to be keeping my eyes on. And if it turns out that they continue to dominate the field, then in three months we'll do a very, very small update with like a, hey, here's three things we missed. Okay. Um, so next set of questions are from Benip. Um, he First he asks, um, what was the thing that took the most work slash time for this update? <laughs> it's right back to Sturgis. Yeah. Sturgis yeah. took so long. It was, uh, and then we, we just yesterday, we had another discussion about the tessellator. Um, even though I, I finalized that, but we still wanted to have the discussion because we're thinking about it for three months in the future. And we just had another three hour long discussion between me and my team about, about this, this model. That's just really, really good. Um, as far as other models, I want to I want to get them a kind of a unique. We had a lot of discussion over. Hmm, oh, gosh. So we didn't necessarily have a lot of discussion over um, over uh, Thyra, but it took me forever to figure her out. So Thyra, Flame of Sorrow, Protectorate Caster. So people might not remember her. She probably hasn't been played uh in all of mark three but it took me so long to figure out what to do about her to actually make her function and i ended up having to make like two new rules and i made gates of death not a spell it's just a baseline ability so at the end of your activation phase she gets to teleport six inches she doesn't have to upkeep a spell or anything and it it just took me so long to get the Daughters of Flame in general, right? Because that entire module, uh, Nicaea, the Daughters of Flame, and the Flamebringers, and Thyra, which all gained the Daughters of Flame keyword, if they didn't already have it, obviously. Um, but that entire module just took me so long to be sure that all the moving pieces were right, because, you know, they're acrobatics parry models. So they're they're scary, and they really can be very scary uh, for doing things like taking out solos and assassinating and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, they hit so weakly that there has to be something else going on to make them work. And it, it just took me a, a lot of like, I don't know, I probably took maybe an entire work day thinking about Daughters of Flame and going back to them over and over again. So next question from Ben up. Um, he says the tease things all seem so damn good. I'm really happy with these changes so far. How are you going to top this update? I mean, I hope I don't have to. Um, I'm hoping this is a one time deal because it's an unbelievable amount of work. Um, and we still have more work to do. We're still making cards and we probably will be all the way up to the 25th. Um, so and when I say making cards, I don't mean the rules. I mean, like going in and doing the layout, the Important. actual work of making yeah. the card. Yeah. Um, so this is so much work. Nobody should expect this this level to happen on like a yearly basis. We could have done if we had cut what I'm doing down to like 10 percent of what I'm doing, where, you know, we only hit, you know, whatever eight models per faction per big faction and two models per limited faction 
then we could probably do that yearly. That's a much more reasonable number. Um, and we, we might end up doing that, you know, yearly. It's what I'm doing for MomPoc. Uh, we have the big MomPoc dynamic update at the beginning of this year. And I'm planning to do another one at the beginning of next year. Uh, and it will be, you know, a similar number of models. It was 17 models with significant rules changes and another, you know, eight or so with really, really insignificant rules changes, just minor, minor wording adjustments. Um, but well, it's, yeah. it's also a lot easier with, you know, one of the things that I think is smart that Games Workshop does is kind of their, at least from what I understand of what they do, <laughs> is their, um, a yearly update where they just like fiddle with a few point costs on a few models. And like you said, it's, it's kind of amazing what you can accomplish with just <laughs> yeah. uh, adjusting some point costs, which is, which is a fairly simple change compared to a lot of other things outside of forecasters. Yeah. Yes. Battle group controllers in general. Yes. Yeah. Um, most of the changes are point value changes or very, very small, like, you know, also plus one armor or something like that, right? Very, very small point value changes, basically front of card changes, right? Only stat changes. Um, maybe outside of Warcasters, maybe 5% of models, maybe 10% of models have, you know, real significant rule updates that aren't like the big sweeping rule updates that everybody already knows about for things like shield guard and sack pawn and shield wall, right? I'm not, not including those. Those are kind of ubiquitous updates. Um, they don't, they don't count towards each individual models updates. Although obviously the shield wall cha change makes all models with shield wall much, much better. Yeah. All right. So next question from Ben up, he says, uh, what sort of feedback is most valuable to you as a game developer and how can the community do better feedback wise? So feedback is very interesting and there's a couple of problems with it. So number one, a, a lot of what people don't immediately realize is a problem is that having feedback from other players means that to a certain extent we're, we're, we're getting pulled in the direction of their opinion, which oftentimes is good, but sometimes is like problematic. And I think we saw that in the CID too much where we would get pulled in one direction as developers against our better judgment um, by the community. And that's mostly our fault, right? Is that we needed to stand stronger sometimes. Um, but it it's too many voices in the kitchen does become a problem. Now there's, there's definitely something to be said for beta testing but I think we need to come into, if we ever do anything like CID in the future, which we currently don't have any plans to revive CID and use it more. But if we ever do it again in the future, we're probably going to do it for a much longer amount of time. And it'll look more like a beta test where we'll let people play with the rules in all non-official events as much as they want um, for months and give us, you know, kind of a slow churn feedback. Um, Cause that tends to be a little bit more useful. Um, 
The other problem with getting feedback from players or from really anyone is that if they come up with an idea, especially a really unique idea that we were already planning on implementing, it now actually kind of opens us up to some weird liability issues, which is why I always try and be sure that people understand when they send me feedback that like, yes, I will read this, but no, I can't promise that that I can't tell you what changes we already had in plan. And I can't promise you that any of these changes will happen, which is a difficult line to walk. Um, and then the last problem with like really collective overarching feedback is that it often is too much to synthesize into data and it ends up becoming easier to look at things like tournament outcomes and how many, how many, you know, what the faction balance is in tournament lists and um, what specific models are using and that kind of stuff. I mean, that's where we, we sit down and we really look at those outputs and realize this model is showing up in every single list. Maybe it needs to be toned down very, very slightly or this warcaster is, is just has absolute dominance and is in every single pairing. What, what can we do to, to just nudge it very slightly without, um, without making it bad. Um, but yeah. Yep. All right. So next question from uh, Ben up. Um, he asked, were there lessons learned from the Storm Division update that you took with you in this general update, or was the Storm Division update more a template for this one? Storm Division update was absolutely a template for this one. Um, you guys are going to see very Storm Division update kind of feel for a lot of these models. I, I end up using point value more often than I did in Storm Division. Um, but, you know, it's it's going to feel that kind of same level of balance where we're not aiming for everything to be S tier. We're aiming for everything to be right in the middle, right? And we'll be wrong. Um, that's another, another thing that I absolutely want to say is that I will be 100% wrong about some of these models. Um, they will end up being too good or too weak still or something like that, just because there's always something that floats to the top. Um, we can't, that's, that's unavoidable, especially with this number of models. Yeah. Well, any, anytime you're developing a game that does not have perfect balance, like chess or go, you're going to have yeah. things rise to the top. So, and that's, that's a good thing. That's why we're playing these games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, chess Chess is probably the most ex interesting example because there is an innate thing, right? Going first is really powerful at chess. Mm -hmm. It's it's the one unequal thing when you sit down and play, and it's why, you know, in some tournaments you'll play you'll play both sides or play multiple, you know, rounds of both sides or, you know, any any number of those kind of things. But you know, even in a game as perfectly balanced and very obviously balanced as chess, there is still one very important point that could, you know, among really good players decides, you know, whatever, 5% of the games. I don't I don't know what the actual percentage difference is between first and second in chess, but no game is perfectly balanced. That's 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 what I'm yeah. driving at here. 
Um, okay, so next question from Ben up. No, really, is Black Ivan getting an update? Yeah, Black Ivan's getting an update. I'll, I'll give it to you. <clears throat> uh, Black Ivan. So Black Ivan went down to th- 16 points, so lost three points. It cut the worst ability ever, evasion. Who knows why it had that? I certainly don't. And it lost point blank and it gained dual attack. So it's mm-hmm. it's an all-around really solid jack. It's a little expensive, like most character jacks, but it is, you know, it's a pretty much destroyer that's better. Um, next question from Philly Ruthers. He says, can you tell us a little bit about the process of how you go about making such large-scale changes to the game? Is it just a huge model-slash-rule spreadsheet? Yeah, pretty much. So three months ago, I sat down with all the models, and I started with Sigdar at the top, and I just started working my way down. Every single model, I would open it up, look at it, um, get a feel for, for what it did, and then say, is this balanced, is this not balanced? And if it's if it's relatively close to balanced, I moved on, and that was my first pass. And my first pass, oh my gosh, you know, it, it got a crazy number of models. And this wasn't even me deciding what the changes were going to be. This was just me going, is this balanced, is this not balanced? So that that was the first run. And then the second run was deciding which models needed nerfs. And that was kind of like a parallel run where... I put it out to my team, my team of playtesters, um, as well as Travis. Uh, Travis Mark, he helps me out with this stuff a lot. Um, you know, and, and we we kind of sat down and, and thought about which models are at the at the top end and which ones need to be changed. And I started with the Archons and kind of spread out from there, right? Because I knew that I was going to be touching every single Archon, although I didn't end up touching the Primal or Defiled. They stayed the same. But outside of that, every single Archon was affected to some extent. But yeah, that that was the that was the start. A big huge spread list, big huge spreadsheet. And then it, it just kept on getting more and more refined as I as I added the nerf list and then the quality of life list. And then I went back and updated the quality, updated those two lists into the master list and then started going through and deciding which you know, what the, the buffs were going to be. All right, so next question from Zach Witten. He says, what's the best 50 100 and $250 I can spend on the game? Ooh. Um, so it was mystery boxes, but I think those are closed. Um, that was probably the best amount of money that you could have possibly spent on the game. As of after this update, oof. I mean, it's still probably starter boxes because they're cheap and they're going to get you some very effective jacks if you if you don't have them already and a good warcaster um, because they got updated. But not all the starters are available. So there's that. But gosh, if I'm looking for the most bang for my buck, I would after the starter or any specials that are going on, like a mystery box, I would go I would write an army list and start working my way down from the top. Right. So you fill out the, the war caster to the warlock and then the war beast or the war jacks. And then you start filling out the solos of the units. Um, and that's, I think that's 
generally speaking, the best way to build an army. And if you have people to play with at that same balance level, it really helps, especially if they let you play with proxies at the beginning, which is, I absolutely endorse people playing with proxies until they can, like, know exactly what they want. And then you should buy stuff from us, you know, we need money. Um, we want you to be able to keep making things yeah, that we like to play with. It, I I do like having a paycheck. Um, but, you know, I really do suggest proxying things a couple of times before you, you jump in and buy something. Because it's a lot of, you know, it's a, it's a large monetary investment to buy a whole army. And it's also a lot of time, right? Putting, putting together these models and painting them and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a long investment and you should be sure that what you have at the end is something that you like, which obviously is entirely counter to this giant update because nobody knows what they're going to like until, until it happens. But at the same time, that's why I kind of kept the amount of time that people knew about it to, you know, one to two months so that it wouldn't, it wouldn't like carry on and, and people would be confused for several months uh, about what they should be purchasing. All right. So uh, next set of questions from Lee, um, they say, uh, Faye, in your opinion, which upcoming change, if any, would do the most for easing entry into the game for new players? So if I were to suggest anything for new players, it would be the Brawl Machine format, right? Um, it's a good format um, made by third party. Uh, we, we, you know, don't work with those guys, but they, they did something great. And um, I'm really happy about what they did. And we don't need a tread on the ground that they, they already worked on. Right. But if you, if you're a new player, kind of one of those things that you really want to do is play one smaller point value game, 25 points, and you you just got to do it and you got to put in the reps, right? You, you play it, I don't know, you know, 10, 15 times, and then you just do the one most simple change, which is swapping your Warcaster. Um, and there's, oh man, I used to play... Back when I would, you know, every week I would go to the game store and play. Um, now I don't do that because of COVID, but, you know, every every week uh, when I went in to, to play the game at a, at a store, I would bring a D20 with me and I would play a random caster in the faction that I was playing. And uh, it really forced me to learn all the play styles of the game. Right. I, I wasn't allowed to constantly play with beast bricks or, you know, shooting or, you know, high threat uh, armies or anything like that. It it learning as many avenues to win and playing with what is not necessarily perfect. A perfect army will really help you learn how to play um, and it'll help you broaden your understanding of the game in general. But yeah, always start at a low point value and always in, in play that army as many times as it takes until you, you feel comfortable with every single rule in that army and then switch one thing. 
Um, next question from Lee. Um, in terms of new products of Repack, is Privateer Press planning anything to lure new players into the game, such as 25-point army boxes or brawl boxes or two-player starter sets? So we had a two-player starter set that we were working on, and we were and we, we kept on working on it, and then we got all the way up to the ordering the new boxes from China, which is right before everything kind of went insane. Went to hell in the handbasket. Yeah, and, <laughs> and so that didn't happen. But we are still thinking about a two-player battle box. Um, uh, we just might have to make it differently. So the answer is, yes, we're thinking about things. But we need to figure out how to do it in this new world where shipping is is very scary, right? Um, you know, I we just put in an order for a card deck and we did it a whole year before we need it. And we're still not sure we'll get it in time, right? It's just... It's a very it's a very weird world to have new products going up on the website that require literally anything that we can't make in house. All right, so a uh, next question. Um, this is from Morse. He says, "What are some things that weren't touched in this dynamic update that you are keeping your eye on?" Yeah. So some of the things that were we're keeping our eye on is, is the things that we changed to very little. And those tend to be the things that have had CIDs the most recently. So uh, obviously strange bedfellows, um, Bethane two and her army. Um, I, I have been convinced that Bethane two needs to change. And we're debating if we're going to add that one additional nerf to the 25th um we already know what we want to do but we're debating whether or not it's going to be on the 25th or we're going to wait an extra month but that's the one thing that i've been convinced of like okay yeah this probably does need to happen um and we we might end up doing that you guys will know on the 21st when when the big insider comes out with all of these changes whether or not we added that one nerf. But yeah, it's mostly it's the things that that were in CID recently. Um, you know, troll trollkin uh, guns is a big one where we're trying to be sure that there's they're not too good. I think between Barrage Team and Gun Beyond 2, we we got them back down to, to Earth. Um but gun lines in general are something slightly worrisome um, because of the shield guard and the sack pond change. You can't move, you know, in a five inch explosion halfway across the board anymore. So is that enough to bring guns back innately or, you know, does it also require some some other thing that we're not seeing and, you know, a lot of guns are getting cheaper, uh, especially ones that were very obviously overpriced. Um, so, so gun lines is probably my biggest worry. Uh, but I don't, I don't think that it should be everyone's biggest worry. But it is the thing most on my mind. 
Yeah. All right. So uh, next questions. These are from uh, BCCB. Hmm. Um, he says, are you able to speak a little bit more to Privateer Press's motivation to execute such a huge update to War Machine and Hordes? What were the reasons for avoiding development of a new edition as an alternative? Um, so, you know, it kind of goes back. I feel like it mostly it's that, but yeah, it, it was mostly that we needed a space without a lot of new releases coming out to be able to put something like this out and not have it overtax our uh, layout and editing staff. Um, because, you know, laying out all these cards is a ridiculous amount of work. And um, we have to be sure that we're not killing our usual layout guy, which is why um, our usual layout guy taught Lauren how to lay out the cards. And she's the one that's actually helping me with this update so that he can keep on working on things like IKRPG and the monthly releases for Mompok and Warcaster and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's that's kind of mostly what we needed was to be sure that we weren't stepping on our own toes. And interestingly, we are very slightly stepping on our own toes. The... Um, Riot Quest War Machine models will probably have to release those on the 25th with this update, even though they might, big might, go out a little bit before that um, and get to some domestic people earlier than that. But um, we just, I can't, I can't have this big, huge update sitting there waiting um, because I need, I need to personally put it all into War Room. Um, and I can't have it all just sitting there waiting for the next month's releases, right? I have to start it, you know, a solid two weeks. I already started it, the the War Room update, a solid two weeks before yeah, I, yeah. I put it out. So, like, if I also had to worry about monthly models, I would be like, okay, I can't do anything to War Room at all until I put out the monthly releases. And then I have to do, like, in three days I have to do this huge update all at once. It just, it doesn't work. We can't have multiple versions of horror room. The back end just doesn't work like that. All right. So next question from BCCB, he says, uh, being a troll player yourself, what should the rest of us troll players be most excited for following the update? Okay. All right. So this is, this is the big scoop. It's gristle. Um, She's amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm slightly worried she's too amazing, um, but she's she's real interesting. So uh, she got a new ability called Harmony, which just says, while she is in play, friendly models dash units can be affected by more than one fell call. So that part of her feet that said that everybody can be affected by multiple fell calls came off of her feet and just became a baseline ability. Oh, nice. And the, the whole point of that is to let her actually be the fell caller arm, right? So that she can actually have a, you know, fell color hero in her army and have it be good and not just useless. So that was the big change to Gristle. And then her feed change so that Gristle can immediately cast one spell without spending fury and then can use all of her fell calls. So she's so much better now. She 
the hoof it change that happened to Boomhaller 3 also happened to her. So you can't run and hoof it and therefore move three times your speed in a single turn. Mm-hmm. But she got all this other stuff that really makes her super interesting. And I'm looking forward to people making lists with her and trying to figure out exactly how to do all of this stuff. Also in this, this is, it's important to note that um, the uh, sons of Bragg lost the, the theme songs rule. So they, they can have other people's fell calls now. Their fell calls don't normally stack with other people's fell calls unless you're playing with Gristle One. All right. Well, we're getting up on time, but I know everyone would be interested in. I don't know if do you is it feasible for you to do like a a quick teaser per faction on something people would be excited about. I don't know about per faction, but I'm going to choose. Okay. I'm just gonna go down, I'm gonna start going down the list and I'll awesome. just pick out things that I really really like that make me very very happy. Um, oh, Arcane Tempest Gun Mages. So they went down by two points, so from eleven points to nine points per unit, and they gain an ability called Supporting Attack, which says during this unit's activation, if it is in formation, except while a model is making an attack, this model can forfeit its combat action. If it does, um, another model in this unit gains an additional die on attack and damage rolls this turn. For each of those rolls, choose one die to be discarded. A model can be affected by supporting attack only once per turn. So basically what it does is it lets Arcane Tempest Gun Mages not only get a rat in damage buff by having, you know, effectively Hands of Fate, um, it also lets them fish for crits because you get to choose which die you discard. So if you roll, you know, two threes in a in a one, obviously you would, you would always choose the one. But if you roll like two threes in a six and the two threes hit, you can discard the six and therefore crit. It makes Arcane Tempest Gump Mages really, really, really interesting. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them actually hit the table for the first time in four years. A long time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see. You know what? Let's do Thyra. I didn't. I didn't say all of her changes before, so let's let's hit okay. let's hit Thyra all the way through. So the Gates of Death thing. It's no longer a spell. It's just a baseline ability for her. It does only teleport her five inches instead of six, but she doesn't have to spend any focus for it, so it's way better. Um, she gains an ability called Blend In, Daughters of Blade, um, and it just says that she can't be targeted by attacks or charges, or slams. Well, there's another Daughters of Flame unit, or model, within three inches of her. Um, and to reiterate, Nicaea and the Flamebringers are also Daughters of Flame now. Uh, and then she gained probably my favorite new ability that I've written, um, and has appeared on, I think, once every faction. And it's called Synergistic Magic. This model can gain power tokens. Okay. When this model destroys an enemy model with an attack, this model gains one power token. This model can spend power tokens to upkeep and cast upkeep spells as if they were focus. Um, and a whole bunch of, like, one caster per faction, I think, has gained that ability. And it's meant to be this kind of way for 
you to actually be able to upkeep your spells with relatively low focus or fury casters without necessarily just pumping their focus or fury. Um, yeah, Kato already got Black Ivan and, and Behemoth. They don't get no nothing. Um, I do, if, when we get to Crix. We're I here. Have- I have a request for my dear friend Aaron Will from the Land Down Under. Okay. Uh, but he is deathly interested in learning more about the uh, Deathjacker Kraken. Okay. Uh, so Deathjack was just a real simple change. It's just negative five points. It went to 18 points from 23. Um, okay. I think that everybody will be pretty happy with that change. Uh, the Kraken just went down by three points. Um there was another change that we were contemplating, but we ended up cutting it. So that one's kind of boring. But it, uh, I think it, he'll be pleased to hear both those things. Yeah, it is quite a bit better. Uh, but those those were kind of boring changes. So let's find another small one. OK, great. From from. Oh, the Iacos, the collective Iacos changes. So both Iacos one and two. I wanted to make them a little bit more interesting, a little bit more dynamic. They were very static before. So I upped the harpoon to range 10. Um, and the harpoon, uh, so first off, the drag text for all models with drag in the game change to be when this model hits an enemy model as opposed to damages an enemy model. So you don't need to hit and actually cause the model damage to drag them. You just need to hit them. Um, other than that, it works exactly the same. You still get the extra melee attack after your gun is resolved and you can buy more melee attacks. All that stuff seems the same. It just re- only requires a hit instead of a uh, damage. Um, and then he also gained, um, or sorry, his jump changed to a new rule called leap, which is very similar to jump. It just says that he's allowed to jump before or after his combat action. So he can either use it as a repo or he can use it to go faster. Um, and he still can't do it if he, if he does a charge, he can only, he has to do a regular, you know, full advance. Um, but it, and then the last change for Iacos 2 specifically is that his Reaver gains blood boon. So now Iacos 2 plays this very weird game where he walks up, pulls in a single small base model, because that's all he can pull in. He kills it with his reaver, he casts a spell, and then he jumps away five inches. And he does that kind of like every turn. He's not getting a lot done, personally, but he he does have this kind of baseline ability that he can actually use all the things on his card, and they're not just useless. Mm. Um, which is good, because most of Iacos's card was useless before. So it was it was, was kind of bad. Um, oh, we didn't do any retribution changes at all. Uh, okay, um, let's go with Raven. So Raven opening open fire, which appears on I believe three warcasters, is just cost one now. It still does all the same stuff. It just only costs one focus instead of two focus. Um, and then she swapped locomotion for energizer, and those were the changes to Raven. And she's she's really good now. So uh, I hope people like that. 
Um, another interesting change. Let's drop all the way down to circle. Yeah, we'll do one last one with circle. Okay, so um, two-thirds of the Kayas have Soothing Song. Um, soothing Song stopped being a spell. Both of the Kayas got, that had Soothing Song got a new spell. Uh, Kaya 2, uh, Kaya, no, Kaya 1. Yeah, Kaya, Kaya 1, um, Kaya the Wildborn. Just, she only gained Jumpstart, so it's not a very good spell to replace Soothing Song. But it's a spell. It's okay. Um, but Soothing Song is now a baseline ability instead of being a spell. And it says, once per turn, any time during your activation phase, except while activating a model, so in between activating two models, is when you can use this. This model can spend one Fury to remove one Fury point from each friendly living faction war beast in this model's control range. So you can use Soothing Song whenever the heck you want. You don't have to use it during her activation. Mm. Um, and that's true about everybody with Soothing Song. Um, so and that makes Soothing Song a really, really good ability as opposed to being a really bad at spell. Uh, and I, th- I think those are those are some good, solid spoilers for you. All right. Awesome. I did have a, another listener question. Okay. Um, and, and then one for myself. So. <laughs> sure. They're both troll bloods. Uh, one okay. is uh, someone asked if he's going to have reason now to uh, buy the Hoochka taller, and if there's any changes you can talk about with that. Um, the only change to the Hooch taller is that it got negative three points, so it's it's okay. only a fifteen point um, battle engine. Otherwise, it works the same because it's really a pretty good battle engine. It was just way too many points. Sure, yeah. um, I did change the name of high proof to accelerant because I wanted to use the rule high proof on another model, but it still does the same thing. It okay. just the other model doesn't use alcohol as their accelerant. So so um, that was that's the weirdest change that you found. OK, um, then my own. uh morbid curiosity uh was there any changes done to uh krill warriors and troll bloods yes oh gosh krill warriors okay so first off krill warriors in general got plus one pow the pow 11 instead of pow 10 okay okay pretty minor but then the most interesting change by far is on the krill warrior caber thrower who is really good now um so the caber thrower is still two points. Uh, it gained plus one pow because the entire unit gained plus one pow. And I just felt a little weird that they were only two pow different throwing a giant caber. Um, and they personally gained carapace. And then they get an ability called mobile cover. And mobile cover says, well, within two inches of this model, friendly models with an equal or smaller base gained carapace. Oh, nice. So awesome. Krill Warriors are really interesting now. That is pretty interesting, yes. All right, well, um, do you have anything else that you'd like to go over? Um, there is a potential world, and I should warn everyone right now, where not all the cards get done in time for the card database, 
but they will all be done in time for War Room. Okay. Also, we are going to make a mistake at some point. We are doing hundreds of cards. Um, so if you find a card um, when the 25th rolls around that you think might be a mistake, feel free to email front desk um, and they will forward that all to me. Um, they'll, you know, kind of collect it all and forward it to me in, in a bundle rather than one email at a time filling up my, my entire email box. Um, so, you know, just be kind. We, we are going to end up making a mistake at some point. There's just too many updates happening, uh, at once for that not to be the case. Um, so yeah, if you think you find something, uh, the, the way to know if you found something is that the list that will go out on the 21st is 100% accurate, right? It's the, the master list. Sure, yeah, so yeah. if something doesn't correspond with that master list, you know that we've made a mistake. And uh, feel free to, to email front desk and tell them. Because the only way we can, we can do as much proofing as we humanly possibly can, and we will. We've been proofing for, for two weeks, and we'll proof for another two weeks before it comes out. But we won't catch everything. It's just not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, if you find something, say something. Awesome. All right. Well, um, again, Faye, want to thank you very much for your time, for your uh, information. I know everyone's really excited for this podcast, and so um, excited to get this out to everyone. Yeah. Um, as always, check out discountgamesinc.com for your gaming needs and uh, help me stay in business. I would like that. <laughs> and help me stay in business also. As a, yeah, I as would a like byproduct. that too. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Faye, and thank you everyone for listening. Yeah.